Welcome, sports fans. You have entered the man cave of the one and only Fan Man, broadcasting from his lazy boy recliner somewhere in the Vale of Paradise known as Valparaiso, Indiana. Hey, sports fans, welcome to the Fan Man Podcast. You can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. And once again, it's time to talk about Chicago Bears football. Uh, We have been talking about Bears football since week one. If you go to the Fan Man Podcast, you'll see a breakdown of every game this season. And we're continuing this week with the Thanksgiving I'll call it an extravaganza, the Thanksgiving game. And the reason why it was an extravaganza this time is because the Bears broke their losing streak. And once again, as always, he's been with us since week one. Chad, never tell a lie, Lincoln. How you doing, Chad, this evening? I'm doing great, Bill. It's been a long few days since that game. But, you know, it doesn't feel like it's been a week since they played that game. Yeah. I mean... Finally breaking that losing streak was nice, but it would have been better if it was more of a blowout than what it was. Right. It kept everybody at the edge of their seats. And I almost thought about insulting some of the uh, closest Justin Fields Chicago Bears fans by saying, wow, it took a quarterback to win a football game. I almost wanted to say that, but I didn't. You know, I probably would have... uh, It would have been a good hot take, right? For sure. I mean... The way the Bears were playing, they needed something. They needed something. And maybe, you know, the best thing that happened in this game is that Andy Dalton, for one reason or another, did a heck of a job kneeling down at the end, huh? Some people, it doesn't make sense why that happened, but it killed time. <laughs> yeah, because I kept sitting there with uh, the family saying, saying to them, can you imagine if all of a sudden Cairo Santos shanks this thing? When all they had to do was run it in, like from one yard, from like the one yard line or so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. So let's get it going here. Cairo Santos's 28-yard field goal, as time expired, lifted the Bears to a 16 to 14 win over the Lions on Thanksgiving, snapping a five-game losing streak. And uh, Chad, you got, as a Bears fan, you got to be happy though, right? I mean, the food tasted a little bit better knowing the Bears didn't drop six in a row, right? Especially considering the fact that I hadn't eaten yet. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> tasted really good. Yeah, that's right. So the winning kick capped an impressive 18-play, 69-yard drive that burned the final 8 minutes and 30 seconds off the clock. And Andy Dalton, uh, starting in place of the injured just in, injured Justin Fields, connected with uh, Bird for completions of 13 yards on third and five from the Bears' 37, and 70 yards on a third and four from the Lions' 11 to keep the drive going. And then after Bird's seven-yard reception resulted in a first down uh, at the four, Dalton took a knee on three straight snaps. Um, Three straight snaps before the Bears called a timeout with one second remaining, leaving the Lions with no time on the clock following Santos' field goal. So, Chad, the question I want to ask you right off the get-go here is, would you have done that? If you're the coach, would you just try to get that touchdown or run it in? Or, you know, or is this something that you think you would have done? When I just need a W, I'm going to do whatever I need to to get it. And in this case, you've had three downs to play around with. And Detroit didn't 
didn't have any timeouts, so they couldn't stop the clock. Right. If Detroit would stop the clock, then you definitely go for six. But because they couldn't, you could take those three knees and be able to do everything you needed to to be able to get your three points. And so it was a smart move because you take advantage of what the other team gives you in this opportunity. You had the ball first first down or first and goal at the four. Do you want to risk three chances of trying to get it in for six points and potentially either fumbling or throwing an interception? Or do you have the alternative like we had here, which is to get the win and take the three knees and, and kick? Because we could have kicked earlier if we wanted to, but why give them time to do something? That happened previous weeks. I mean, the Baltimore or the well, the Baltimore game, we gave them time to come back. The Pittsburgh game, we gave them time to come back. Right. Don't want to do that in a row, and especially against the worst NFL team right now. Yeah. And uh, you want to lose a game that you could have won easily by doing something smart like this. You do something like taking a risk of trying to get six points, lose the ball, lose the game, or give them so much time that they can do something with it. Yeah, and especially since the Bears have lost a few games on last-minute or last-second drives, last-minute drives, um, you know, to uh, what most notably against Pittsburgh and San Francisco, right? There is the San Francisco as well, but there is also the Baltimore game the week before. Yeah, right, right. So, so give them a bit too much time to be able to come back and win. Yeah. So, credit Nagy, though, for really knowing how to work that clock. I mean, I was somewhat impressed on how, you know, just the simple math, knowing that, uh, you know, that he could run it all the way down and call that timeout with one second. And luckily, you know, Santos uh, got a good snap and was able to set up real well and, and kick that winning field goal. But I think the big, you know, one of the differences here was, you know, Dalton comes back, making his first start since week two. 24 of 39 passes for 317 yards and a touchdown. He did throw that one interception, but, um, you know, he he was at least steady enough to pull out a win, you know, and, and um, register, you know, the Bears' first victory since a 20-9 win over the Raiders on October 10th. And, you know, we're already in December now. But um, so good for Matt Nagy, good for the Bears, right? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those games that you wanted the Bears to win it by more, yeah. but they were just not clicking most of the game. And when it just seemed like it was like, can this game be over yet? The Bears do something like this, and it's like they finally figured out a way to win. Yeah. And somebody, you know, wants Nagy out of there so bad that, you know, there was false reports that uh, Nagy would be relieved of his duties, you know. So... You have that going on, and you still have that stuff going on as we as the date of this podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have it till the end of the season, and a lot of Bears fans are hoping that final Sunday, like, they want to see it, whether we win or lose, that either Ryan Pace or um, George McCaskey goes out there with a pink slip of paper in hand, hands it to Matt Nagy on the sideline after the game, and just ends it there. But it's like, they're not going to do that kind of thing. No. It's just not how the Bears do things. They'll no. wait hours before they say, okay, we're firing you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm i not one to like, I don't know. I'm not one to, you know, obviously the John Gruden move was something they had to do, but I'm not one for removing a coach in the middle of the season or three quarters into the season. I, I don't know what that gets you, really. I mean, 
you know, I just don't know. So, um, you know, and I think the Bears, like you said, I don't think the Bears want to do that, you know, have remove him. So I don't expect him to be removed during the season. Do you? Is there, is, I mean, we're getting we're getting like a little bit long in the tooth almost here with the season. And I would think he's going to play the string out. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, he's going to finish out the season. Cause, I mean, there's only so many games left. Plus the fact is the Bears knew they probably weren't going anywhere. Once they they lost a couple of games early on, it was like, okay, here we go. We may have a chance. And then just things started to slip before the five-game losing streak. Yeah, And it was just like, we're probably not going to make it. So we'll just take this season as a wash. Use it as a year for Justin Fields to get ready for the future, get him some experience, get him NFL ready by playing some NFL games instead of what a lot of fans would have, would have wanted was he started every down, me wanting him to wait a year or two, and other people going, I just don't know. <laughs> right. You know, I, I mean, there are some fans that would rather we had picked either a better quarterback or tried to find a quarterback that was not Andy Dalton to be the replacement starter. Right, but there are that many options out there that were any better, and we just needed a veteran that could be a good mentor for this young kid. And you don't have too many of those out in the NFL right now, so. Right, no, there isn't too many. Well, the Bears really actually have two, but you know they have Foles and Dalton. But you're right, a lot of teams don't have that. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. But it, Foles was basically picked up to help him be able to finish out his career somewhere. Yeah. Because he's, he's not the NFL starter that he was in Philadelphia. So it was kind of, kind of like he's going to be good for some extra snaps somewhere. Whether right. it's just helping to prep the defense or it's whatever he might be useful for. You know, it's, it's not so, so much for him a mentor role. It's just having that other experienced quarterback, just one of the two uh, top quarterbacks, go down. Yeah, right. In this game, the Bears' defense allowed a season-low 239 total yards and just 14 first downs, uh, but the but the defense permitted an efficient Jared Gott to complete 20, 21 of 25 passes for 171 yards with two touchdowns uh, in the game. Uh, Goff's 39-yard touchdown uh, pass to Josh Reynolds on the Lions' first possession of the game, game gave Detroit an early 7-0 lead. And then, what were you thinking then? Were you thinking, oh boy, here we go again? I was definitely thinking between here we go again and oh, this could be a long day. Yeah. We're throwing to nobody receivers for Detroit and they're getting points and our guys aren't doing anything yet. Right. So, so I guess we have to remind ourselves that, you know, they're still playing the Lions and that was the, the, the saving grace here because the Bears then scored 13 unanswered points in the second quarter. Taking that thirteen to seven uh, halftime lead, they cut the deficit to seven to three on Santos's twenty-eight yard field goal, uh, which you know you had a ten-play seventy-four yard drive. You had uh, Dalton uh, completing passes to Mooney and to Jimmy Graham, and but you would have liked a touchdown there, right? Once again, right? I mean, when you get two big plays like that, you want six points to come out of it. Somewhere or other, we fell apart and ended up getting three. Yeah. So we, we saw points at least, but not the ones we wanted, especially when you had 50 yards and big plays. Right. So the Bears, you know, later took a 10-7 to lead, covering 69 yards in just two plays. Um, and then Dalton 
you know, threw a 52-yard completion of Mooney, followed with a 17-yard touchdown strike to Graham with 4.29 left in the second quarter. So, um, you know, so that was a good thing there. So the Bears, you know, feeling pretty good right there with a lead, 10-7 to against the Lions. And you figure, okay, maybe now, you know, the momentum's on the Bears' side, right? You would think so. Yeah, right. The Bears' defense then generated a takeaway when uh, uh, Gibson punched the ball away from Goff and recovered the fumble at the Lions' 39. Goff lost the ball while being sacked by Robert Quinn. Um, It was not originally ruled a fumble, but Nagy challenged the call, and it was reversed via the replay. So uh, Nagy was a good move there by Nagy, right? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those that the announcers weren't quite sure, but then when they saw the fumble, they're like, yeah, it's possible that he's going to get that now. So it was a good uh, challenge to call for, and Mm -hmm. it worked out in our favor compared to most times where it doesn't. Right. And then on third and 10 from Detroit's 23, the Bears were uh, in good position to extend their lead with at least a field goal. But Dalton's underthrown pass intended for Bird in the end zone was intercepted by Detroit. Um, after the defense forced the three and out, Dalton uh, got it going again. A seven-play, 29-yard drive to set up another Santos, 40, this time from 43 yards, as time expired in the first half. So they're you know leading at... Leading at uh, the first half, thirteen to seven, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, this was a point where you wanted the Bears to really start putting the pedal to metal and going for the gullet, and they were lucky if they could find the uh, the gravy boat. Right, right. And then Detroit comes back, you know, in the second half. Goff puts you know the Lions on top, fourteen to thirteen, with a seventeen-yard TD to. Uh, Tight end TJ Hawkinson with 146 remaining in the third quarter. So now, you know, time is running out in the third. But then the Bears, you know, that's when the Bears kind of took over. They rallied late and they had that big drive, which ended up being the game-winning drive. And uh, and as we started this podcast, Santos with the field goal after uh, a few kneel downs and a field goal. And uh, Lions didn't get a chance to get the ball back here. And uh, the Bears win. They break the losing streak. And the Lions now drop to, it's hard to even say this, uh, 0-10-1. That one tie against the Steelers, right? Yep. And that was, I believe, the the tie to the Steelers was the week before the Bears played the Steelers. So it was really kind of giving the Bears some hope. Right. Because they couldn't, they couldn't, beat the Lions, but in most cases they beat themselves, so it was possible the Bears could have given the Steelers their second, their second walk, but, you know, ties are what happens when you can't score in 10 minutes of overtime, so. Right. Famous saying but, about famous saying about ties by Duffy Doherty, who used to be the coach of the Michigan State Spartans back in, back in well, for a long time, but I remember him saying this. It was after Notre Dame and Michigan State had a 10-10 tie back in the 60s. It was considered the game of the decade. And after the game, they asked uh, Duffy Doherty what he thought about the tie. And he said, you know what a tie is? A tie is like kissing your sister. Yep, and that, that thing stuck around for a long time. And a lot of the coaches use it, right. whatever the sport might Right. You know, and you even hear, if you've ever seen the show on Apple TV called uh, Ted Lasso, I've not uh, seen it. Ted even says 
sister. Yeah. Yeah, so. and, and uh, it's interesting. I don't have a sister, but I can imagine kissing your sister must be like a tie. I wouldn't know either because I only have brothers. Right. That's Okay, so we'll, we'll get off that subject before we get ourselves in trouble with uh, the PC uh, community. So... Let's let's talk about some of the stats. We'll go inside the numbers a little bit here. Yeah, Andy Dalton, 24 for 39, 317 yards. It's nice to see 300-yard passer for the Bears. We haven't seen him much this season. One touchdown, one interception, one sack. So pretty good line, right? Yeah, it was definitely an Andy Dalton type of line, especially when you're considering the types of lines that he had with Cincinnati for over the years. I mean, this was that type of game where he'd be playing against, say, the Browns when the Browns were bad. Right. He'd be able to take advantage of the fact that there was no cornerbacks to have to worry about. So he could just throw to A.J. Green or whoever other receivers he had and just have a field day out there. Right, yeah. Now, okay. When we look at it, this game compared to Justin Fields, Justin Fields had two games where he was over 200 yards this year. Right. But neither one of them was... 300 yards. It was still in the 200, so it was a good game for him. But not something that goes, whoa, he actually looks like he might be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and... and just right. Games. The first one was against these Lions, back when they played at Soldier Field, and I think it was September, maybe October, and then the game against Baltimore. Yep. So I had an interesting discussion with someone uh, on, the, on the Fan Man podcast Facebook page, and the discussion, you know, I, I put up a graphic, and there was no editorializing. I had the amount of touchdowns that that um, Mitch Trubisky has thrown and the amount of touchdowns that Fields has thrown, and I matched that up against the touchdowns that Mac Jones and Patrick Mahomes have thrown in the NFL. And obviously, mm-hmm. that, that's a wide margin, and I said, well, that's interesting because both Jones and Mahomes were passed up by uh, Ryan Pace. And then someone responded that, you know, oh, well, you know, Mac Jones is, is with Belichick and a different system. And Andy Reid has Mahomes. And if the other two guys had that coach, things would be different. But I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, I mean, we can only judge judge what sometimes you just got to judge what the stats say. And now if you want to. You know, you can speculate on what Trubisky or or Fields would have done if, if Andy Reid or Belichick were there, but you know, Cam Newton didn't have any success, but I didn't mention I didn't mention that in that, but I'm like, you know, you're 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 surmi- you know, you're you are surmising a lot when you just say, Well, it's a system. Well, I'm not gonna just rubber stamp Fields or Trubisky to say if you were if you were with Bill Belichick or Andy Reid that you were going to be Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to say that. But but so that was my argument to him was, hey, I just threw those stats out there, and the stats stats are facts. If you want to say, oh, those two guys would have did the same thing, then I can say, you know, what does that mean, really, right? Does that mean that if Mike Glennon went to New England, he was going to be fantastic? No. You know, so I... Well, it's, the thing that I would say on that one, too, is difference in coachable quarterbacks. Yeah, that's a good point, right. Guys that actually wanted to learn how to be a quarterback, not just going based on where they went to school. I mean, yeah, Mac Jones could say, well, I went to Alabama, I let him do a national title game. But you know what? So what? This is the NFL. And right. he's like, you know what? i got to learn this game. 
what I did in college is what I did in college. I'm now an NFL quarterback. I've got to learn the NFL game. Right. That's something Justin Fields needs to learn. It's something that Mitch Trubisky needed to learn. Neither one of them really did because they went based on their experience at the college level and hoped that was going to carry over. Well, they found out the hard way the college game is not the NFL game. Right. And it's both selfish in time, but are they going to really pan out or are they still going to be resting on the fact they went to Ohio State and North Carolina State? Right. That's right. And, um, you know, and I think one thing that you you got to look at too is the fact that you know, Fields has, has those interceptions of fumbles, and I don't know if that's Matt Nagy's fault on the interceptions of fumbles, but, you know, it's just uh, it's an interesting interesting conversation. Anytime you you project these guys, and, and we hear about Justin Fields, and, and he needs some nurturing, and he needs more more games, and he needs more, more of this and more of that, but Mac Jones, you know, knows how to read a defense, and he kind of stepped in there, and we don't hear about, a maturation process for Mac Jones, like we have to keep hearing it about Justin Fields. That's true. I mean, the way Mac Jones, and they even mention it a ton of times in the few uh, New England games that I've seen this year, is that Mac Jones was a math major at, Air, at Alabama. Right. He had a four-point math major. Yeah. So he was calculating everything. Yeah. So in his head, he was rolling the numbers around. He wasn't just worried about who had the better matchup. He was going with the numbers of like how fast do I need to throw the ball? What do I need to be doing? Where do I need to be? Right. He was playing the game in his head as well as he was on the field. And like every one of his passes was calculated in a certain way so that it came out at, by a certain time. Right. And uh, also I think what's interesting too, and I, and I don't know if I don't know if anybody's really said this, but what's interesting too is if you're Mac Jones and I when you're Mac Jones, you have to be more precise on what you're doing because Mac knows, hey, I can't run the football. So I have to live and die about my ability to read a defense, you know, pick up the blitz, do all of these things because I have to do it. It's immediate for me because I don't I can't run. While Justin Fields may be saying to himself, you know what? Eh. I'm not worried about necessarily reading the defense or looking where the blitz is and picking this up because I got some legs and then I just run, you know, but that's not, (laughs) that's not getting it done all the time in the NFL. And I keep saying it over and over again. It's great to be able to be an athlete. It's great to be able to run, but to this day, I still, you know, and I'm not, and I don't think Patrick Mahomes or uh, Russell Wilson fit into this category. But I don't think you could run your way to a Super Bowl. And maybe we'll find out. Lamar Jackson, right? I don't know. But I just think that, you know, when when you're relying on your legs, I just don't think anybody's going to run their way to a Super Bowl. Especially quarterback-wise. Because a lot of people were trying to say that when Robert Griffin III came into the NFL, he was going to run himself into the Super Bowl. And he ended up running himself out of a career. Right, because he, he, he wanted to be Superman. Enough. He wanted to be Superman. He didn't run out of bounds. You know, good for him. I liked his toughness, but, you know, you're getting hit on that helmet. And that's going to, you know, and then you get concussions, and it, it just changes everything. Mm-hmm. And we may see that with Justin Fields, too, is he's trying to take everything into his own hands instead of relying on his receivers and his running backs and his line to do things to the point where sometimes you think maybe the line isn't protecting him so much because they're realizing he doesn't trust us. Right. 
and that's the one thing you want to be doing is trusting your line for protection. And if you can't, if you're not going to trust them, and it's not because you don't feel that you can, it's just you don't want to, they're going to sense that and give up on you. Right. So we maybe see that soon with the Bears. Yeah. The other funny thing is, too, is the same arch enemies that always hate Belichick. Oh, he's a cheater, and he's no, you know, he's this, that, and the other thing. Now all of a sudden, when you're comparing Mac Jones to Justin Fields, now all of a sudden Belichick is a great guy. You know, because they yeah. want to, they want to try to draw that distinction that Mac Jones has uh, Belichick, and that's why he's good. But when you say that, I mean, when somebody comes out and says that, you know, he's only good because Belichick's there. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Tom Brady was there, and then he won a Super Bowl for Tampa. You know, exactly. and, I mean, Tom Brady could have gone anywhere and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He didn't have to have Bill Belichick. No. He knew in his head he could do it. Right. Well, here's the funny thing right now, and it's just kind of it's kind of hysterical in a way, right? New England's in first place, right? Buffalo's in second place. And uh, how crazy would this be if we saw Mac Jones and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game against each other? We're gonna call Honestly, that gonna call that the Ryan Pace Bowl. You might get some people that, be, that might be like that, especially some some Bear fans or some David Kaplan types who think, "Hey, here's the two quarterbacks that the Bears could have taken each of the last two years or in the last four years, and they're playing in the Super Bowl while the Bears are at home." And it's like, yeah, Cap, yeah, we get it, but guess what? The Bears didn't pick them because, for some reason, they either thought maybe that player wasn't going to be signable, wasn't going to be the type of player they wanted, or for some reason didn't think they were coachable. Guess what? They're coachable quarterbacks. The two right. we've had in the last four years, you couldn't coach them out of a bucket. Yeah, and you know, and another adding insult to injury is the is the draft picks given up as well. So it's tough. It's tough, right? So back. Yeah. To, Back to the stats again. Jared Goff now. Jared Goff, you know, I've you know, you watch him, and it's sort of like you know, as soon as the Rams got rid of him, everybody just immediately thinks the guy's no good. But I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback. He's really not. The, the thing that Detroit had to do when they made the trade with Stafford was they had to go quarterback for quarterback because there wasn't going to be much value to try to give any kind of receiver to Detroit that would have been equal to what Stafford would have been in experience or ability. Because LA had no real name receivers yet. Some of the guys are still two or three years away from being a big name. Yeah. Whereas at Stafford, we've known for, what is it now, like 12, 13 years? Right. You've got to get something equal to what Matt Stafford is, so it had to be Jared Goff. Because we weren't going to be paying Jared Goff all this money to be a backup out of California. Yeah, and then I mean Stafford. Yeah, I, I'm you don't so, do that. right. I'm not so sure Goff couldn't got could not get the Rams where they are now. You know, I don't think he could have either, just because he doesn't have the big arm that Stafford has. Stafford yeah. had a big arm because I mean he had guys like Marvin Jones, and he had uh, Calvin Johnson. He had receivers. It's just once those receivers started to get to the point where they were broken, brittle. And retiring, he had nothing left. He needed to go to a team where he had some weapons. We're seeing that in L.A. now. Yeah, right. So it's not for the bad quarterback. He just needed good players to throw to. Right. And he had that after a while. Yep. 
go into the rushing, looking at the rushing stats, it was kind of interesting. David Montgomery, 17 carries, 46 yards, only 2.7 yards a carry, and it didn't seem like that was going. I didn't pick that up when I was watching the game as much, but uh, kind of the running game was pretty anemic, right, for the for the Bears in this one against yeah, Detroit. I the defense for Detroit was going, they were stopping the run. Right. And that was their key thing, was stop the run. Yep. Because they didn't think Andy Dalton was going to throw for, for very much because he hadn't played that many games. So they thought, well, maybe he's going to throw a few passes, but he ends up throwing 28 or however many completed passes, gets the 317 yards. And so the Bears just kind of negated going to the running game because the passing game was working. Yep, yep. And uh, not much for the Detroit's running game either. Jamal Williams, 65 yards. But uh, other than him, that 76 yards on the game for the game for Detroit. And uh, receiving for the Bears. And this guy just seems to be getting better and better each week. Darnell Mooney. I, he's, you know, five catches, 123 yards. He had that 52-yarder. So he's got a big number there, 24.6 per reception. But the guy's been, seems like he's stepping it up every week, right? Because he knows that the Bears really don't have any other receivers because they didn't have Allen Robinson this game. Yeah, yeah. He was out with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Well, Komet still not receiving, catching passes very well. I mean, he caught eight this game, but mm-hmm. he's not catching them for deep. No. Demir Burke, he might catch one or two, but he's not the top. He's not going to be the top receiver because he's, he's too small. Jimmy Graham's there as an insurance tight end. Montgomery's more for the running. Jakeen Grant. You use him every once in a while. Marquise Goodwin, he's going to get there, but he's not going to be your top receiver. Right. So Mooney had to step up because there was nobody else. Yep. And he did, though, right? So, I mean, he, ha- he did in this game. Yeah. And I mean, he's been doing, doing it. Few- so. Right. This was int- on defense for the Bears. It's pretty interesting because Roquan Smith has been leading them all – Almost week, almost every week in tackles. This week he had a cut. He only had three tackles in this game. Jalen Johnson had six, and um, Robert Quinn with another sack. But kind of funny. I don't, I don't know what happened to Smith in this game, but doesn't really matter now. They won, but it was kind I of. I believe he got injured early in the first half, and so he was out the rest of the game, which is why he was rather silent the second half. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is, that's right. Um, I think I was eating turkey during that. Maybe that's why <laughs> I must have. I must have went up for a drumstick or something and missed that. Were you on your trip to fan nap at that point? What's that? Were you on your trip to fan nap at that point? Yeah. <laughs> they right. ended up for the Cowboys game. I was getting ready for. Well, I tell you what, that Cowboy game. I, I have to do a Cowboy podcast tomorrow morning. I'm doing it myself. Um. I'm not so sure I even want to do it. We'll see what happens tomorrow night against uh, um, New Orleans. They better win. Amari Cooper's yeah. back off the COVID list, so that helps. But, you know, they've yeah. been having their defensive ends are out, and Zeke is hurt. So that's another whole podcast there. So we'll see what happens. Yep. The, the Cowboys seem to be going into that late season swoon again. Yeah, their usual thing. Right, right. Well, we'll see. They better win against New Orleans because all of a sudden now Washington is uh, five and six, I think now. So they're only two games behind them. So we'll see. And the Cowboys have to play Washington. Mike McCarthy, so 
Yeah, Mark, you know what? They may win if Mike McCarthy. Yeah, Mike McCarthy's out. That might that might end up helping the Cowboys. It's possible. Yeah, I'm not sold on him yet. But back to the Bears. 21 first downs to uh, the Lions, 14. That's a pretty good number. 18. 18 passing first downs. I don't think we've seen that yet this year. Not usually because of the fact that you get field just like I don't know where to throw to because yeah. everything's covered. So he just takes it and runs. Whereas with Dalton being about probably six or seven inches taller, the ball just flies. Right. That's 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 an eye-opening stat in this game. 18 first downs. Passing first downs, I should say. Five for 13, third down efficiency. Um, plays the Bears 69-45 for Detroit, probably because of that long drive they had, right? That gave the Bears more yeah. plays. But <laughs> the yardage in this game, the yardage in this game is unbelievable. The Bears had 378 total yards and uh, Detroit 239 total yards. Yeah, when you have over 600 yards, total between the two teams it's it's looking like a good game but then it was low scoring because nobody was really moving the ball anywhere no and when they work for a short period of time or just be eating up a lot of clock like we saw with the bears quite often in 69 plays they'd be going like an 18 play drive whereas most of today's football they're trying to do like a seven or eight play drive score be done right andy dalton we're gonna eat some time here because We've got things that we can do. I've got players I can work with, so I'm going to take advantage of the time because I know the De- Detroit's not that good. They're going to get tired pretty soon, and I'm going to take advantage. All right. Let me ask you this, Chad. In your lifetime, have you seen a worse organization in the NFL other than D- – I mean, Detroit is the worst organization since, you, since you've been following football, right? In the last few years, because I would say – Prior to that, probably the worst one was the or part of the organization that owned Cleveland before they went to Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. They kept throwing money out there and nothing was coming in. And they were playing in the cavern known as uh, Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. Right. So they, they weren't really putting any kind of effort into the team then. And that's why they left for Baltimore. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they're better now, but it seems like Detroit, boy, I can't remember. I mean, it's getting lo- it's getting to be a long time, right? What are the- Both Cleveland and Detroit have never been in the Super Bowl. And, you know, Cleveland, you can almost see them getting to a Super Bowl at some point, but Detroit is still far, far away, man. No wins this year. Yeah, and part of the problem with Detroit is I don't think the Ford family really cares about football anymore. They're just yeah. owning it because their name is still associated with it in terms of the, the Ford Motor Company and the field itself being right. Ford Field. So it's like, we really don't want to give up on this because then it's like, who's going to buy it? And then it's no longer going to be Ford Field because whoever comes in and owns it is going to sell the naming rights. Right, right. And it's kind of funny because, like, you know, Bears fans commiserate you know, with some of the coaching and the quarterbacks they've had over the years. But boy, oh boy, you guys are not feeling it like anything a Detroit Lions fan must feel. I, I don't even know what to say about it to a Detroit Lions fan. Like, how does a Detroit Lions fan ever get up for a football season? Thank God for the Michigan Michigan Wolverines, I guess, right? At that point, yeah. I mean, they're, they're probably just like, well, it, it basically counts. Let's realize that the Tigers stunk again. 
Right. So Bailey says something to look forward to on September Sundays until baseball season's over. And then it's like, oh, that's right. We are Lions fans, aren't we? So now we really have nothing because the Pistons suck. The Red Wings have been blowing it lately. And, well, we're kind of like that character from the Waterboy. We suck again. Yeah. Doesn't get any better. And I'm not so sure how long this coach is going to last there either. Campbell, I mean, I don't... The way Dan Campbell's been conservatively playing things, if he makes it past next season... Detroit better have won ten games. Right. Well, maybe this time they should cha- They should try to get an offensive-minded coach. I don't know because Patrick didn't work either. Yeah, Matt Patricia was more of a. Oh, Patricia. Guy. I'm sorry, Patrick. Campbell. Patricia got yeah. Dan, Dan Campbell's more of a defensive guy, and right. Yeah, defensive football works in Detroit, but you need offense to get that thing moving and get the fans interested. Yeah. So. All right. So what is? They do. So the Bears next up is uh, the Cardinals, right? Yep, Arizona, and we don't know for sure what's going to be happening with them because they've had some injuries lately, and Kyler Murray's kind of been struggling. He yeah. had some injury issues. Right. Points during this as well. So Colt McCoy was taken over. Yeah. I mean, when you're really having to reach that far back to a guy who hasn't really taken a snap in the NFL in about, what, four or five years? You know you're hurting in the NFL when you're when your quarterbacks are having to revert back to uh, old Cleveland Browns quarterbacks out of by way of Texas. Right. So uh, what are, do we know who's starting this game yet? It's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> Dalton, right? I think they're probably gonna stick with Dalton. Although yeah. I've seen because I got him on my fantasy football team that Justin Fields is probably gonna play. Because he's projected at about 15 points by ESPN. Okay. But I haven't really been following that closely this week about yeah. that one. So, right. uh, But I'm going to guess that if you go Justin Fields, but Dalton would be the smarter move. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe, the, can those abs, or those ribs. maybe the most ridiculous post I saw all week was this guy. He said, well, I hope they don't play Fields. Because if they play Fields... Oh, he started out with, you know, the Bears are only one game out of a playoff spot. And I hope they don't play Fields, because if they do, they're probably going to get in the playoffs. And if they get in the playoffs, then they're not going to get a high draft pick. And I was like, wow, okay, here's one for you. And they're also not going to fire Nagy then. So that was yeah. his deal. His deal was if if Fields is the quarterback the rest of the way, they're probably going to get in the playoffs. And I'm like, hmm, there's not too much speculation with that. Well, when I look at the conference standings overall, there's no possibility the Bears are going to make the playoffs because they have to get through the Panthers, the Eagles, the Saints, Minnesota. the Falcons, Vikings, the football team, right before they even get the team that's above five hundred. Yeah. Well, you got a couple so of games like, against Minnesota, so you got to beat Minnesota twice at the very least. Yeah, but Minnesota is also only about a game ahead of us. Right. So, but there's be, still possibility there. Plus, the Vikings just had a game against the Forty ers that they won. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Right. All right, so what are you predicting for uh, Sunday? The Bears two in a row? To be honest with you, I don't 
know that I'm going to give the Bears that, that much of a, a chance with the with the Cardinals doing so well. But it's also a matter of with Colt McCoy being the quarterback. I mean, you're beating the top team in the NFC right now at the nine the nine and two Arizona Cardinals, yeah. and you're at four and seven. And Arizona still has some weapons that they can work with, so it's possible that they're going to take the Bears without a problem. It's just a matter of who the Bears going to start. If it's Fields, is he going to be doing more running? Is he going to do things to get us anywhere? Or is it going to be a case where we're going to go Dalton because we need the, the passing yards and the confidence of a quarterback that can see things going on? Yeah, right. Well, I have to stick to my plan and, and the plan I had on our very first show when we went through the records and I had this one a loss. So I'll, I'll go with a loss here. But obviously I think the odds improve if Kyler Murray, obviously, you know, with him not playing, if that's the case, then I think the odds improve. So I think if it's Dalton in the backup for Arizona, I think the Bears have a shot. Yeah, it's very possible that way. Yeah, right. All right, Chad, anything else before we wrap up uh, this episode? Oh, I don't have too much at this point that I can really say positive about where the Bears are going direction-wise because we have another game against the Packers after we have Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we've got the two games with uh, Minnesota and we've got uh, Arizona, or Seattle in there and the Giants. So it's like, if we come out with even close to a 500 record, I'd almost say that Nagy may have salvaged himself because he was able to piece together wins. But if we end up losing, say, three out of the next four, then yeah. by the time the Giants come around, it may be that he's fired to start the new year. Right. Giants are playing better football, too, now. Yeah. Joe Judge has really kind of turned them around now that he's gotten some more uh, activity out of Daniel Jones and what he can do. Right. Right. That's right. All right, Chad. Well, thanks again, and uh, it's been another great podcast talking Bears football. Definitely has. I mean, we've got a few weeks left, and then we'll either be talking playoff games or we'll be wrapping up the season. Right, right. All right, Chad. You take care. You too, Bill.